0: Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. Today's our last of three episodes in this series where Tom and I discuss players coming off major injuries. We'll discuss their specific injuries, how we think they're going to perform throughout the year. Tom will give his expert analysis. We got some news for you as well. As always, guys, go check out our ever-growing website. We are the Fantasy Injury Team. Once again, fantasyinjuryteam.com. Check us out on social media at injury underscore fantasy Um, on our website and on Twitter and on Instagram. We have some great contributions from ourselves and from some outside writers. New article series just went out. One of our uh, contributors, Vin Vento, just went division by division discussing players he likes, players he doesn't like. Awesome injury content, tons of awesome information on on social media and on our website. So far in this series, we've uh, we've Dove in or dove into the studs. You know, we've talked about CMC, Henry, Swift, Barkley, Akers, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Antonio Gibson, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Godwin, Michael Thomas, Tom on our last show of the series. Here we are today taking a little bit of a deeper dive. We're going into discussion about Rashad Penny, DeAndre Hopkins, Robert Woods, James Robinson, and Gus Edwards. So, as always, with me is the one and only doctor of physical therapy yes indeed the doctor is in ladies and gentlemen tom what's going on brother how we
1: doing how's it going joe how we doing good out of breath after that opening spiel There, ready to
0: <laughs> ready to rock the show though
1: <laughs> i'm excited um uh, as you mentioned you know we've already covered a lot of the the higher profile players but it's these late rounds that make or break your your year so i think these guys we're talking about today are really really important
0: for sure No bad picks. It doesn't matter if you're in the the 10th round, the 11th round. Every round matters. Like, I was talking, I was BSing with some guys over the weekend. I mean, we talked about guys who, like, you know, say your draft is 14 rounds, right? There's a lot of fantasy players that, like, ninth or 10th round, they're just like, well, I don't really know anybody else. I'm going to take my defense now because, oh, they're going to start for me every week. That's where you win your league. Upside, upside, upside. But we'll get into that in a little bit. So let's start a little bit with some news, Tom. We got two updates. So, obviously, living in Jersey here, a lot of talk and a lot of discussion about the 23-year-old Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. So he's in his second NFL season. Um, Friday, a couple days ago, went down against the Eagles. It looked bad. We know those non-contact injuries are scary. They never look good. Everybody on Twitter turned into a, a doctor and a surgeon, and they all had their own prognosis of what happened. But You know, I I even we had some Jets fans saying, oh, our season's over. It always happens with the Jets. Thankfully for us at the fantasy injury team, we have two real doctors of physical therapy on our team, It's obviously is Tom and Sam Webb. But Tom, um, what's the update? Robert Salas said he's optimistic. We've seen two to four weeks. Um, What do you think? What's what's your what's your expert opinion on Zach Wilson on on when you think he'll be back? All that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So let's start with that. That Twitter experience on Friday night. That was crazy, wasn't it? Um, in my opinion, I never really was just, was really thinking that it was an ACL. So the reason everybody was is because he went down without anyone hitting him. And it's just so common that that's what causes the ACL. But when you're looking at what happens at the knee with an ACL injury, the mechanism wasn't there. So the, typically the way that an ACL injury non-contact will happen is either a major hyperextension of the knee, which did not happen. His knee was bent, and it, it didn't really change its degree of bend significantly. Maybe 10 or 15 degrees, it bent a little bit more, but it wasn't significant. The other major thing that you'll see, like Jameson Williams is a perfect example from um, this past winter, but where the knee does what's called a valgus moment, where it caves way inward, way, way, way inward. So the first video that was really out there on Twitter only had the side view. So from that, I could see that he didn't really hyper extend and he didn't really hyper flex either His knee kind of stayed in a, in a safe range from the side view the whole time. So I was waiting to see that frontal view and from the front view, his knee really didn't cave in much. So, you know, I, I, I couldn't say for certain that he didn't tear his ACL because sometimes you know, everybody's anatomy is a little bit different. Some people are more prone to a tear from a less of an aggressive motion, but it just really didn't seem like an ACL to me at any point. And then we get the news that it's a bone bruise and a meniscus. So that brings us to what Sala was saying the other day of they're, they're optimistic, but he's not out of the woods until the surgeon gets in there. What they mean by that is yeah, the MRI shows a meniscus tear and the surgeons are then optimistic that they can hopefully do a debridement, which is where they just go in and snip out the injured part, and that's it. And the the recovery time on that is typically two to four weeks because you're not waiting for anything to heal other than the skin where the small, small, small incision is. Um, but the the meniscus tissue itself isn't healing, so it's really just about pain control and swelling management, which typically is about two to four weeks. Um, and for a
0: younger guy too, twenty-three years old, we always talk about yeah. age and how important that is to injury,
1: right? But what they don't always know from the MRI is if that's going to be an appropriate procedure or if they really need to go ahead and do a meniscal repair, where they sew the torn meniscus. In some cases, sew it then down onto the the bone underneath as well. The issue there is that now you have tissue that is healing and repairing and the cellular process there takes a long time so if you start to weight bear and stress and place or while this together it's just going to tear again so that's why the meniscus repair like herb smith last year is a season-ending injury because it's about four to six weeks or four to six months excuse me which is the whole season um so we, as of this recording right now, we think Zach Wilson either was in surgery earlier today or he may be in surgery right now. We don't have any reports on if they were able to do the debridement or the repair. But if it is a repair, then he should be good to go by week one or at least early in the season. And um, Sam Webb wrote an awesome article on the fantasyinjuryteam.com on meniscus injuries. He talked about both the, the debridement and the repair what the injuries are like, what the rehab process is like. Um, and we, we, as always, we do run this, the stats on how players return from these injuries. Um, unfortunately for quarterbacks, the sample size is so tiny that we, we don't really have a strong analysis on how players at that position perform after this injury. But I have no reason to suspect why he would perform any worse coming off of uh, meniscal debridement.
0: Tom, talk to. Don't you have any contacts in Los Angeles where he's getting his. Uh, he's getting this done. Come on, Keep I do have a couple actually. It. Wait, really? <laughs> I should look them
1: up. I know a couple people that work out there. Hey, can
0: you get the inside scoop about how Zach Wilson's surgery went? That was that was a. I mean, I just learned a whole bunch myself. That was a phenomenal analysis, Tom. I mean, to make it again super simple, because I like to do that. At least you're not overly concerned. Two to four weeks. You know what I got out of that is that they're snipping out whatever is, is the problem part. Uh, maybe a little bit of scarring or healing process, but he definitely avoided a big injury. Which is
1: well, we don't know yet. Until he like surgery, we don't likely. know. likely. Right?
0: Okay. I mean, I'll uh, I'll toot your horn a little bit. I mean, I know Tom doesn't like to. He's a super humble guy, but you, you did nail it on Twitter. You got a whole bunch of likes on that tweet. You said it's not nearly as significant of a knee valgus, knee coming inward, everybody, as you typically see with an ACL injury. So you did nail it. Listen, I mean, no, no disrespect to all the others on Twitter, but. You were uh, ahead of the curve on this one, so we're happy to have you on our side here, Tom. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. Um, And for all my Jets fans that tweeted at you, they're like, oh, my gosh, we're so worried. What's going to happen? We were tweeting memes back and forth at each other. It was classic. But (laughs) good to hear that he likely avoided a major injury. So the Jets season, although love me some Mike White, but we obviously wish that was fun. uh,
1: Oh, how uh, fun was that last year? Elijah Moore loved
0: him. (laughs) Loved him. Uh, we do wish Zach Wilson, of course, a speedy and quick recovery, though. We, we never like to, as much as we talk about them, it's our job here. We never like to see these guys being injured. So we hope that he is well. And then one more before we dive into the meat of our show here, Tom. So Joe Burrow, he returned to practice as well, I think yesterday or today, really recently, uh, from his appendectomy. Is there anything that we need to be worried about, concerned with? Is this major news? Or are we just brushing it off? I mean, obviously, we're happy that he's back. Um, what do you think, Tom?
1: I'd I, no, there's no reason to be concerned right now uh, with the appendectomy. There's typically about a two to four week period where the surgeon does not want the patient to do any kind of heavy lifting, twisting, exertion, or get hit. Um, luckily, he had the procedure in a time frame where he should be clear, completely cleared, even for contact by week one. We know he's already returned to throwing, which is great news. The only Concern that there would be from this type of surgery. And I'm not saying that this borough, I'm sure the Cincinnati medical staff is on top of what I'm about to talk about here. But anytime you have a surgery, you're cutting the skin, right? So the skin then has to heal and what can happen and, and you get a scar and what can happen with scars sometimes. And some of the listeners who have had surgeries may have experienced this before, but to the tissues under it, So in this case, it would be like his abdominal tissues, and that can prevent movement. So in in, in this case, what could, I'm not saying this is going to happen with him, but what could happen is that would actually limit his ability to raise his arm and to rotate his body, which obviously is needed for throwing, um, and could cause other types of mechanical compensations. A common one there would be moving excessively through your low back, which could then lead to low back pain down the road. Now. That being said, it's very easy to prevent this kind of scarring from happening. And I'm sure the Cincinnati medical staff is all over that, doing what we call scar mobilization and skin rolling. So I don't think that's going to be an issue at all. I think he's ready for an elite season. I want as many shares of this offense as possible.
0: Love me some Joey B. Obviously love Chase, love Nixon, new offensive line, love T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, keep going. Um, Okay, good to hear. Definitely good to hear what what these guys are going through. I got a little worried. I was watching a video of the Bengals doing conditioning. I don't know if you saw the video. They were doing you know across the field oh, not, in not the long cart. ways, and he was just riding <laughs> back and forth in the car. It was, it
1: was hilarious. Well, that just shows how cool he is. and we,
0: we already knew here that he was cool. But he cue the picture of him smoking cigars, hanging out, enjoying his life. You know, I wish he. I'm happy for Stafford, but. If Joey B won last year, oh my God, the world would be on fire. Oh, it, it would have been incredible, man. It so would. All right, so thank you for that news, Tom. So let's dive in, man. Let's uh, let's talk about some of our players here. So we're starting the show in picking up in round seven. That is where we left off last episode. I think we stopped with Michael Thomas, but this is ADP as of about a week ago. Obviously, things change uh, drastically, really, as fantasy football players come back from there hiatus but we're in round seven here a guy that's going at pick 83 going as rb 29 his name is rashad penny strength to schedule this year tom is not easy 25th for the seahawks um listen dude is the incumbent starter he got paid a big old bag in the offseason he should play a heck of a lot to start at least i think so um, and when he was the starter. So only five games last year toward or toward the end of the season when he was starting five games, averaged 21 and a half points. That's pretty darn good. Um, still just 26 years old, even though I feel like the name's been around forever. Pete Carroll loves him. I mean, he got drafted. I think he was a first round pick in 2000, whatever it was, 18 pick, you know, 27, whatever it was. Um, but of course, we have other concerns, too. Kenneth Walker, the third, what a great name. Kenneth Walker, the third Michigan state product. It just sounds like super fancy. I don't know. Kenneth, (laughs) I want to call him Ken. I don't know. Uh, Drafted Michigan state product. Now Pete Carroll is a guy we can't listen to because for years, he's always just hyping up his guys. He's just a hype man. He made statements about how he loves Penny. And then like the next day or two days later, he said that he's comfortable with Walker being a three down back, don't listen to anything that he says, always take that with a grain of salt. But we are concerned a little bit with the, the drafting of Kenneth Walker. And then, of course, Tom Rashad Penny's injuries, right? 2019 tore his ACL, missed the rest of the season. More recently, now that was three years ago, but in 2020, he had a leg calf strain where he missed five games. That was in week one. So that really that was, put that a, was
1: last year, actually. 2021. Last
0: year, yes, last year, 2021. Um, missed five games, definitely put a damper on his season. And then another one last year in 2021, he pulled his hamstring in week 11 and he missed one game. So are you concerned with any of the above mentioned things, Rashad Penny, his injuries, Kenneth Walker? Take us through your thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, and he also there's reports that he's dealing with a groin injury right now in camp. Um, So there's definitely a history here. But like we've talked about already on the show, all of these running backs have histories and they're all at risk for more injury. It's just kind of figuring out which of these injuries are we most concerned with. The ACL, it's it's three years ago. I think that's in his past. He's shown that he can perform at an elite level, although in a short period of time, um, post ACL. the uh, the muscle injuries are they're, you know, they're kind of a toss up because you you're gonna hear about a lot of running backs getting muscle injuries throughout the season. So that's when, to me, I'm more interested in what the statistics that we've run are suggesting as far as how do players perform after these injuries, how many games do they average missing? So, uh, but but also like we've talked about in the past, um, the the history of a hamstring injury increases the the likelihood of another hamstring injury by 2.7 times. Um, I believe there's a similar statistic for calf strain as well. But what we're dealing with in the present right now is a groin injury. which completely shocked me when we ran these numbers. And and it is a smallish sample size for running backs. I think it was six or seven guys. But they average missing like zero to one games. And the only reason that I think it's I think it's like one point something games. And the only reason that it's not lower is because in Marshawn Lynch's twilight years, he went on the IR with a groin injury and ended up missing 10 games. Played at average. Other so than Lynch, Lynch, Lynch
0: basically skewed the numbers. And if you were to exactly. take him out, it would be like people miss it would be one le- game be a- off of
1: less court. than one. They would be averaging less wow. than one game missed. And how so many guys?
0: I forget. I mean, I might have even done those numbers. I think
1: on. it was six on That's the a list. A good amount. That's a-, a decent sample size. I mean, it's obviously, okay. we want I mean, to have 20 yeah, or 30 we're, to look right. at. But it, a sample size of that size, we can't come to any conclusions, but we can start to see a trend developing. So, uh, so the what's the trend fact,
0: then with Penny then that, that is his groin should be okay.
1: I, I think so. I, th- we, I mean, we see the trend that they don't miss a lot of time. And of course there's difference between grade one's grade two grade three injuries. The teams are rarely going to tell us what it is though. So we can't really use that in our decision-making if we don't have that information.
0: Yeah. You'll have Pete Carroll on the horn saying that he just ran three marathons back to back yesterday and uh, hyping him up, how everything's good.
1: <laughs> exactly the other thing that was really interesting from that data that we ran is their fantasy production was not impacted as as, as a whole um i don't know alex collins performed worse but other than him everybody else pretty much did better or just the same so it was very shocking to me um because involved with running and cutting but uh, the, the limited data we have suggests that running backs really aren't that impacted by this injury. Um, so I guess my conclusion is like right now, I'm really not concerned with him and not any more than I would be with any other running back. Who's going to see 15 to 20 touches a game and, and take a beating. Um, and then as far as Kenneth Walker goes, I mean, we've seen in the past that Seattle does not care about draft capital. Like Rashad Penny himself was a first round pick and Chris Carson, the seventh round pick started over him for many years. Um, I think where Penny's going now, he's absolutely worth that seventh round pick because you might be getting a top 20 running back. And if you miss, you know, seventh round picks are valuable, but they're also a good range to take that shot, I think. And I think there's a better chance that he beats his ADP than does not beat his ADP.
0: Yeah. And I think out of the guys that we're going to talk about today, the five guys, Penny is the one that I probably do like. The rest of them, not so much. Um, I think he's a good guy to target if you miss out early on running backs. You know, he's going sixth or seventh round. If you go wide receiver early, or you take, you know, one of the tight ends, you take Kelsey or Pitts or Andrews, or you even take a quarterback, I would be totally comfortable with Rashad Penny as my RB2. I'm not saying to go draft him as your RB1 and even reach for the guy, but if he's your RB2, I'm pretty comfortable with it. I mean, he was a guy throughout the end of last season that could have won people championships. I mean, we talked about his numbers when he was the starter. His last five weeks, this is half-point PPR, 26.3, then a low 5.4, but then a 19.5 fantasy championship week 17, Guy had 25 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. He Put was up a league winner ones. last year. He was 31 and a half points and then 25 points. So can we see Walker play a role? hundred percent. But right now, like we talked about, guys, the incumbent starter, um, Tommy said, you're not really overly concerned with his injuries. It's just a matter. Of, do you think he's got enough in the tank? What do you think, Tom? Gun to your head here. Does he have enough
1: yeah. in the oh, tank to sure. hold
0: off rookie Walker? I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trending that way, too, especially since you talked about how Seattle doesn't really care about, you know, they're not going to just throw Walker on the field because they drafted him, right? I mean, they're going to play who's best. So you're in, I'm in, you guys should be in, too. We're all in shot penny this year, at least that is ADP. So people are going to listen to this and go take him in the fourth round and yell at us when he's not an RB1, but we got to specify out here. Okay, on to our next player. That player is going in round eight. So now we're a little bit later in the draft, pick 95. Wide receiver 42, DeAndre Hopkins. A big name, DeAndre Hopkins. Tom's about to get out of his seat in excitement because I know he loves how talented Hopkins is, or at least how talented he was. Strength of schedule, I always look at. I love it. Uh, 27th, which is a little bit harder. Guy certainly getting a little bit older, age 30. Wasn't terrible in the games he played in last year. Um, 2021, he was 12.6 points per game. 2020, put up 14.4 points per game. In 2019, 14.5 points per game. Um, this year, he's suspended for six games. He's got a, a really, really long injury history in his NFL career. He's had concussions, calves, hands, uh, hand tears, lower back injuries, rib injuries, ankle sprains. But I think the one that Tom wants to focus on before we bore you at home with his, his list longer than anything, longer than I don't know, line of Chick Fil A, longer, longer than anything you can imagine. 2021, torn MCL. Missed the rest of the season because of that. What is an MCL? Is it significant? Is it as big as, say, the Achilles? Tom, what is your diagnosis on who, at least I think, is your boy, Mr. Hopkins? Yeah,
1: um, so the MCL, it's it's a, a ligament on the inside of the knee that helps control that valgus motion that we were talking about before, the knee coming inwards. Um, the ACL and the MCL work together there, and that's why they're often torn together. Um he missed the, the remainder of the season last year for it, seven games, but it's, it's not such a significant ligament that I would expect any carryover at all from that injury to this season. So much time to rehab it. I, it's not even in my head at all. Um, Joe, here's a stat for you. So, so he missed seven games last year. Prior to that, how many games did he miss in his career? Well, since you're asking, I'm going to think it's a lower number,
0: but he has all these injuries. I mean, there's an insane amount of things here. I'm going to say 10. I'll give you a hint. It's less than three. Two. Yeah. All right. Wait, he really, so he's before that, he's missed two games in his career. Yes. He just plays through things. He's like a staff. Exactly. He always plays
1: through. Okay. Exactly. So, my hand plays him, through pretty
0: well. Also, sorry to cut you off, but oh, plays yeah. through pretty well, obviously, with his numbers.
1: Yeah. So if if you're not drafting him, it's it should not be for injury concerns. I, I don't feel because like there's not a whole lot of evidence that an MCL injury from last year is going to impact this year at all or be a risk for future injury. Um, it's just it's just not gonna change the mechanics of, of a running stride that much. And and know he's got all those other injuries in the past, but he's clearly been able to play through them very well. The reason to me that people would be avoiding him is because they don't want to hold him on your bench for six weeks while he's suspended.
0: Now, in most um, leagues,
1: he won't get to go yeah. in the
0: IR spot, right? I mean, I, I, I typically do ESPN league. leagues, but I guess it does depend suspension. I don't know, but you should definitely before you draft him, find out. But would you? Pick him if you you knew you had to stash him for, what, six weeks, right? So he'll be good in week seven.
1: I think at the right price I would, and it would depend on my roster construction. If I have my other receivers in place and my flex even in place already, like say maybe it's a situation where I I don't draft a quarterback or a tight end early. I, I wait on them, and I get my skill positions set like first six rounds or three running backs, three receivers, something like that then sure. I mean, at that point, I don't really like the tight ends or quarterbacks in round seven. Anyway, I might as well take a shot on a guy who in the second half of the season can be a league winner. All right. You take the shot and
0: you be in as many of my leagues as you can, because I want nothing to do with it, Tom. Like to me, it is just a lot of red flags. So like I talked about his numbers last year and I'll tell you why I'm out on him. it was 12.6 points per game last year, right? That's nothing spectacular. Right. Like, so this is just to me, he's coming off this injury, which we're not overly concerned with, but missed a lot of time now in his age 30 season. Let's say he even is fully healthy and scores 11 points a game, just one point per game less than last year. To me, it's not that's not a league winner to me because you're you're putting this guy on your bench spot for that long you have to stash him and then he comes back and 11 points per game. I'm just throwing out a number, you know, comparing to last year, 11 points per game to me is like a low end wide receiver too. To me, it's just not worth it. I want the guy that has like a rookie, you know, there's a whole list of them. So this is one that we just disagree on a little bit, Tom, and that's okay.
1: And, and I think that he, his upside is much more, much more significant than you think it is more than 11. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he obviously is
0: a beast. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's huge. He's got one of the best set of hands in, in league. But I'm taking, I'm taking my chances elsewhere with Hopkins. So agree to disagree, Mr., uh, Mr. Christ. Okay, three players left. We are down to round nine. We're getting deep in our drafts here, guys. So pick 102. Going as wide receiver 39 off the board. His name is Robert Woods, Bobby Trees. Another tough strength to schedule. Tom, 25th. Now on the Titans, another 30-year-old. Declined a lot in efficiency over the last two seasons. Now, he should be on his team on the Titans, wide receiver one or two, along with uh, rookie Traylon Burks, who has looked unbelievable in camp. That's just a side note. But another guy, Robert Woods, declining in efficiency, decent amount of injuries, really too many to list for his career. But last year, week nine, tore his ACL in practice, missed the rest of the season. Um, a little bit late, right? I mean, that injury is a little bit later than we would like to see. Is he
1: later, but he was actually the earliest out of all the receivers. Um, So out of all of them, Zodell Beckham, um, Woods has the most favorable time frame, but he is also the oldest out of them at 30. And he's changing a team, new offensive scheme, new quarterback. Um, I was looking for reports on if he's back to full practice yet, and I, I did not see that he was. Um, he, but all reports are that he should be ready to go week one. So we've got some kind of conflicting things here. He's He is going to be likely the wide receiver one. He's been really good in the past. And out of all the receivers coming off ACL, his time frame lines up the best. But on the negative side, he's got a new quarterback that he's not been able to develop much chemistry with because he's rehabbing. He's got a new offense that he's not been able to be on the field for 11 on 11 practice yet because he's rehabbing. He's 30. Um, so there's really kind of there's pros and cons as far as his situation goes. And as far as receivers in general go, we see in the first game back from an ACL, eighty-two percent Meet their pre-injury points per game, but that number starts to get better pretty quick. In games two and th- two and three back, forty-four uh, percent of them have met their pre-injury baseline production, and then games four through six, seventy-eight percent of them have. So it's pretty interesting that the the numbers on performance coming off the season are much more favorable for receivers than they are for running backs. We talked about this in previous episodes, but to me. I'm not out on Robert Woods entirely. I just don't. He's one that if he just falls, then I'll take him. Even round nine is not like, incredible I draft capital by any means. So I wouldn't fault anyone for taking him there. I personally would would probably wouldn't take him till round eleven though.
0: Round eleven, I'm maybe I'll take him round eleven. I I have a lot of just questions about him upside 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 i'll say it till i'm blue in the face i just don't see it i think the titans are gonna stink. i don't either i don't I, think I, the
1: upside there for him either
0: I, I think the titans are gonna stink this I year do
1: too. i think they're in for a big decline
0: yeah i mean Traylon burks robert woods other than that not much going on there obviously well, derrick, henry,
1: derrick but, henry he's pretty, <laughs> he's pretty good at football. yeah
0: <laughs> but like there's, there's wide receivers on that team i don't even know who they are but i just think they're going to be bad just tr- you know have trouble moving the ball So I'm not a big fan of uh, Mr. Bobby Trees this year. Okay. Guys, do you love your golf coach, but wish the customer experience was more modern and seamless? Try Estruzzi, an innovative golf coach business management platform designed for players and their coaches. Your Estruzzi player locker makes applying your training material super easy by organizing images, videos, and training notes in a chronological order by session. Your coach will also love our tools for real-time scheduling, payment processing and chat after downloading a Struzy from the apple app store invite your coach during account setup love some golf tom love me some golf played again I this weekend
1: you my Not ankle yet. hurts
0: i'm gonna call you later tom my ankle hurts my back hurts uh, i got a lot of problems over here i might need you to come we'll, in we'll and get diagnose it. we'll get it taken care of diagnose <laughs> i gotta be ready for the school year i got three weeks to prepare before i'm, <laughs> I'm back in uh, back in action uh, i played okay yeah could have been better oh we always could be better all right we've got two players left here we go round 10 pick 111 his name is james robinson we've talked about him a little bit in the last show as we discussed travis Etienne, but james robinson going as rb number 39 still only 24 years old reports at the start of the summer said he wouldn't play until mid-season he's already here practicing we've seen had a huge breakout, James Robinson did in 2020 with his 16.1 points per game. Guy had over 1,000 yards, 49 catches, seven touchdowns. 2021, last year was a little bit strange. He was down to 11.3 po- uh, points per game. Then came his major injury, and it was late.
1: It was 2021,
0: very late. week 16, an Achilles tear, a really unfortunate injury, ended his regular season. I know you're not confident about him, Tom. Achilles tears are, are serious. What are your thoughts here?
1: I love this guy. I'm such a big fan of him. I, I love his story, undrafted, and then just breaking out in his first season. Talk but about no. a
0: league winner. He was a guy, oh 2020. My God, yeah, wasn't drafted. A hundred percent was not drafted. I mean, a kid in our league picked him up and was like. It was the best move ever. I mean, just lucky, I guess. But it was like the Elijah Mitchell's, you know, pickup last year, the pickup of the year. But it was a good story,
1: yeah. Yeah, but no, I'm I'm completely out on him. For for reasons we've talked about in previous shows with Cam Akers, the Achilles is just so devastating. It really is. And I know that there's been uh, surgical advances in the past few years that make it stronger so they can rehab it harder earlier so you don't lose quite as much strength. So I do think there will be, hopefully be a time where there's a running back that overcomes this injury but it's never happened before and i'm not gonna bet on the one that's going to break that trend i just won't i'm going to continue to wait until somebody proves me wrong and it very well could be this year it could be acres or robinson i'm willing to be wrong about that by not drafting them this year we know what this injury does to to strengthen to power we talked about this last show with acres and then ETN's there now, and all reports in camp is that he's the star of the show. He's already got the rapport with Lawrence as well. So even if Robinson does get on the field, we can't expect his explosiveness to be the same, his power to be the same, his speed, agility, any of that to be the same. And now he's in a timeshare with the back who looks really, really, really good. Um we have him on here in round 10. I'm seeing him go earlier than that in mocks and yuck. Yeah. I I mean, I I'm rooting for this guy so much, but I, I'm not taking him this year. Now, if he starts to look good this year, then I'll take him next year, but I'm not taking him this year.
0: Okay. So easiest question, which you've already pretty much answered. Here it is for you on a gold plate Tom. Which Jaguars running back do you prefer at their ADP? (laughs)
1: Oh, my goodness. Travis Etienne is going to smash his ADP this year. Of course. I know you
0: love him. We love him here at the show. So pretty much out on James Robinson. I feel the same. I mean, I loved his story, man. It was he exploded. He was 16 points a game from a guy that you pick up is absurd on a terrible
1: team. too. And I thought,
0: yeah, and I thought he was just a guy that was like filling in. And then you actually watched him play. He was damn good. He looked like really good. It wasn't just, as ah, with the scheme and he's filling in. No, he, he really was tremendous, and he could be that. But again, we are siding with our research and history that people coming back from an Achilles tear will never be the same. Can he break it? Sure, anything can happen, right? But we like to side with what our research says, and that's what we do here. So that is it for it. Mr. James Robinson. Now we're going to skip four rounds. His ADP has been going crazy just depending on reports, but this last player for our show – In round 14, going at pick 157 as the RB56. This is when everybody's like in the drafts and either drunk or too tired. And they're just like, come on, (laughs) we're done with this. Order the damn pizza already. And there's a guy sitting there thinking if they want to take Gus Edwards. Well, let's try to speed up all of your home drafts by about five minutes by by making this easy for you. Okay. Um, Strength of schedule is 11. You know, shouldn't play much of a big deal there. Should be fully recovered from his ACL. Now, in his career, there's been very few players to average five yards per carry in their first three seasons. Gus Edwards is one of them. It's a very short list, five yards a carry. Um, I think like when Jamal, this is just a random, you know, here we go history with me. Here we go, Tom. Like Jamal Charles, when he was like at his peak, was like averaging five something. Like, I mean, that's just five yards a carry is really good. So he has been effective, Gus Edwards, when he plays. Dobbins was originally trending to miss time now is on track to play week one. Um, Gus Edwards, we can't really say the same for, but there is a quote, and then I'll turn it over to you, Tom, uh, from Harbaugh, obviously the head coach of the Ravens. He said, Gus is doing really well. He's kind of patient. He's kind of a patient rehab guy. I don't know that he'll be, or I don't know what, sorry, I don't know what he'll be for the first week, but before the season's over, I think he's going to be roaring and ready to go. So a lot of like question marks kind of in that quote, but, his big injury, 2021 in September in practice. Another guy who tore his ACL and he missed the entire 2021 season. So what do you got for us, Tom? So
1: timeline, the timeline, which is so important with these surgeries, very much going more than 52 weeks post-op or just about 52 weeks post-op by week one, which typically you're, you're full go at that point, the report, are that he his rehab is not going very well at least this last stage is not going very well and that he is quote probably doubtful for week one so that's not very that a double negative probably so down. okay yeah, i think so it just doesn't sound good so well not all of us are teachers joe yeah i <laughs> don't teach english though <laughs> i could work on some of that as you hear me stutter over my words
0: sometimes and some of... <laughs> <But> probably <laughs> doubtful it certainly doesn't sound good
1: no no um, and especially you know, back in May or whenever it was, and they signed Mike Davis. I was the one, I was one of the ones who thought nothing of it, but that's starting to look more and more significant every week now. So, and you know, we have the data on running backs, it's not good when they come back, but again, most of our data is on players who have had less time to rehab than 52 weeks. But I'll still say the numbers anyway. First game back, they averaged 7.3 points worse than their pre-injury baseline with only 17% of them hitting their pre-injury baseline points per game. Games two through three after ACL injury, it's negative six points per game compared to their pre-injury baseline with, again, only 17% hitting their baseline. And then games four through six, they start to do better. It's it's negative 2.7 points per game compared to pre-injury baseline but again, it's only in 17% that have actually exceeded their pre-injury baseline. So the combination of the not good camp reports and the running back to start slow after this injury, I don't think it's really worth drafting him. Um, there's other, I mean, I mean, it's around 14 though. So like you're, you're taking a shot no matter what, but I think you can take shots on, you know, a rookie wide receiver or something like that instead.
0: Okay, I'm with that too. I mean, probably a timeshare. You mentioned Mike Davis too. We talked extensively about J.K. Dobbins in our last episode. I mean, if Dobbins was to go down and something did happen to him, Edwards, if he was healthy, could be a low end RB one or a high end RB two. But again, probably not willing to take those uh take those options. So who's your preferred option then at at their ADP, Tom? J.K. Dobbins at RB24 or the Gus Bus at RB what 54? Uh, I don't like either, but or Mike I Davis say- at pick 390. Something. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I just threw that number out there. Undrafted Mike
1: Davis. I don't like either, but at this point it would be Dobbins. Um, and I would expect a slow start to the season, but hopefully he becomes himself by like week five or six.
0: Got it. Okay. And before we wrap up our show, Tom, a tweet just came across from Adam Schefter. This is our first live tweet ever on a, on a show. He's talking about nothing too major, but he said Sean McVay said Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson are both dealing with soft tissue injuries. McVay said neither will practice until they can be full speed in team drills. What what does that mean? Put that into context for us, just as briefly as you can. What soft tissue? What, what are they? What is he talking well, about?
1: Well, it, it'll likely it's it's either a muscle or a tendon issue, but it could be a ligament as well. Um, it sounds very minor on both ends but we know that these guys both have injury histories and Joe, what is the biggest predictor of future injury? Other injuries they had yes. And age. Yeah. Very good.
0: Yeah. Here, you're listen, learning.
1: Me. Um, at- I get a
0: gold star. Okay. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I, I'm going to need uh, some more reports on this before I can really break it down. But just for one sentence, I would say I'm not overly concerned about either playing week one um, and if you want to know more about my opinion on these two players, listen to our previous episode, look at
0: that on the show, Tom, you're doing all the work for us here. Who's their third running back? What is it? Jake Funk or something? Well, they have Jake funk season. Everybody
1: uh- Kai Ky- Kyron Williams, who they drafted, who himself is coming off a foot fracture. I don't know if he's practicing yet.
0: Yeah. We're just going to have to monitor this as, as we get closer, yeah. <laughs> no doubt. All right, guys. Tom, great show, man. It's always so much fun. I say it at the end of every episode, and then I usually text Tom after, like, I'm addicted to podcasting. I love it. (laughs) It's so much fun. We have so much more for you guys. Uh, We got to work on some intro, outro music, Tom. That's going to be one of our next things. We'll get some tunes going here. But we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Listen, in our next couple episodes, uh, we're going to have some brand new stuff. So this segment, so to say, is over. But we have some really, really good stuff coming. We have some new segments coming, some special guests coming. A lot of special guests, hopefully within our next couple of shows here. We might have some giveaways here soon from a uh, oh. pristine auction. I'm going to volunteer some, some really cool stuff, but thank you guys, Tom. Any, any closing remarks here before we wrap it up for the day?
1: Oh, uh, everybody have a great day.
0: You heard it there. Have a great day. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Once again, we are the fantasy injury team and we will see you guys next time.